Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 72 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, and please allow me to introduce my co-host, Mr. Rick Villanueva. Hello there. Happy Star Wars Day, my friend. Happy Star Wars Day to you too, man. And happy Star Wars Day to all of our listeners out there. So, man, how you doing today? You know, I'm riding the high of um, our chat with Maria the other day. I know we kind of sprung that on some listeners. So, uh, surprise, motherfucker. You got, a, you got an awesome show uh, with uh, Maria. She's been making the rounds. Um, it was a lot of fun to chat with her, uh, Maria, all the ladies on Sisters with Sabres. We love you guys. Uh, we can't wait to have you, uh, more of you on, on the show um, in, in the future. So I'm riding a high on that. Got into some, um, some more Fallen Order this week. I, nice. uh, I, ran, through, I ran through Ilum pretty quickly and uh, got back to Dathomir, but I haven't done anything on Dathomir because that place scares <clears throat> scares the squirts out of me, so I'm taking my time getting back in, and it's not it's not my favorite place in the game. Um, but I feel like I'm getting closer to the end. I don't, like I said, I, I'm not pre- like watching percentages or anything. So I'm like, I know that this shit's gonna hit the fan, and I'm not, don't don't know how to feel about it. But um, I'm ready for it. So um, there's been those things, um, Pete. If I can uh, say something on a on, on a slightly more serious note, we like to crack a brew every once in a while when we record um, jam transmissions. Mm. And um, I just want to give a, a little warning to our listeners: the buy it now button on eBay and um, drinking are not a good mix. Oh no! Because uh, because I, I bought a couple. I don't want to say what they are yet, but I did Friday night. I uh, I snagged a couple of things, and um, yeah, I, uh, what once they come in, I'll, I'll be I'll begin. And it's nothing crazy. One of them is one of them. I never thought that I would ever own because it's been really expensive, and I got it for a decent price. The other two, when they come out, make it, you guys will see them uh, once once they're announced. But uh, I do have a package that I'm expecting as we are recording today. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what it is because I'm super excited about it. Yeah, do it, man, because I bought things that aren't going to be coming until October, November, and I'm totally going to be talking about them. So, okay, so let it out. So I put in the pre-order for that Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary two-pack of Forlom and Zuckus, where the nice. names are switched on the packaging. So 
Those are supposed to be caught. I've been getting notifications for the last like two or three days. They should be coming in today. And I hope to God the package isn't all messed up because I've seen uh, like Yak Face had a damaged box. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm hoping they come in clean. The cards were fine for Yak Face, but the box was a little goofy. So I'm like, I'm hoping those come in and come in nice. I have the Zuckus already in Black Series, but I'm like, I want it with the mislabeled um, packaging on, on the cards. So. Those should be coming in today's end. And I got stuff coming in the next couple of weeks or so. I've been getting some notifications for. So keep your eyes peeled on, on the on the old Twitter. And uh, I, I've stolen the um, bad motivators who got what hashtag for when stuff comes in. So you want to follow that and just you'll see things as they come in for me. So, But enough about my stupid Star Wars week. Pete, how was your Star Wars week? Dude, a Star Wars week where you're buying Star Wars memorabilia is not a stupid Star Wars week, man. And I, I'm going to tell you, I had I had one very similar through varying levels of inebriation and sobriety, too. So, I mean, I was all over the place. But uh, earlier in the week, I, I went to uh, northern Kentucky, like I said, but I stopped in Florence, Kentucky to visit my brother's shop, Comics to Games. And if you guys haven't been out there, it is the best comic shop in the greater Cincinnati area. So I actually went ahead and picked up um, some comics that I couldn't get my hands on here in Lexington. I got the uh, the Bounty Hunters 1 through 3 and Star Wars uh, mainline comic issue number 4, which I've been having a hard time finding for some reason. Anyways, I uh, got my hands on that, and you know we might be able to talk about that uh, depending on how much time we've got by the end of the episode today. But man, I got something super exciting for me. I got a cool pop. What? I, thank you for for that excitement. There, it wasn't entirely <laughs> necessary. Like, I'm sure this is this is kind of a basic pop to get, man. You can get them anywhere, but man, for some reason, I haven't been able to find it. And w- when they first came out, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get one. You know, eventually, it's going to be a, a peg warmer kind of thing. You know, even though that they, you know, don't stand on pegs. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but dude, it is a beautiful pop. Like I'm looking at this thing. He's got his little tool in his hand. You can see the bristles on his mustache. Loving it. Loving everything about it. So uh, are you, are you a pop collector? No, I'm not. Um, There's a few that I'd like to get my hands on. Isaac has a couple of Funko pops. Um, So from the Mandalorian, he's got IG 11. He's got the baby Yoda, the heavy infantry Mando. And I believe he's got, Dinjarin, I could be mistaken. He's got a handful of them. Um, I don't want to get him too many because they just they take up space. And he has a desk, and I got. His, I don't want his. He's ten. His desk should not be a display space for for toys. It should be where he's doing school stuff and <laughs> learning and drawing or whatever. But um, no, I, personally, I I do not have any Funko Pops. But there are some pretty stellar ones out there, and I'm pretty jealous about you getting a quill because when do you remember when those um the first line of uh, character posters came out right before the show's launch. Yeah. The quill poster, when we knew nothing about any of those characters, I said, I, yo, I, I think I found my, uh, my next driver's license picture is going to be a picture <laughs> of that, that quill image. He's the shit man, Nick Nolte in star. Who would have thunk Nick Nolte in star Wars. And now after the fact that it worked rest in peace, quill spoilers, but still, yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, man. Quill is my favorite character, uh, hands down in the Mandalorian. Like, of course we all love baby Yoda. We all loved in, but Quill is the one for me. And, and it was from the moment that we saw him. I love the way he speaks. I love, 
I love his story. I love where he's come from. I love what he risked everything for. I don't know. He's just a good dude. And I just really liked him. And every time I watch it, it's just a highlight every time that he speaks. In fact, I've been putting that at the end of every episode for, I don't know how long, you know, I have spoken. Um, yeah, so it's just really cool. And I wouldn't really say I'm too much of a Funko collector as well. I mean, between Eden and I, for as long as we've been collecting Funkos, I think we probably have 20 between us. So I wouldn't say like it's a crazy collection because I've seen some mega collections, man, that just like <laughs> cover an entire wall. I mean, no, I, my walls are dedicated to the three and three quarter inch and black series. So, you know, but yeah, I, you got to pick and choose. So, okay. We were talking a little bit about stuff that we got that is not here yet. And when Maria was on right before we recorded the episode last, uh, well, I guess it was just a couple of days ago. You guys told me about the Black Series figures, you know, the uh, the Clone Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Clone Wars Ahsoka, 332nd clone, Maul DeLorean, and the Loyalist. Well, the 17th, uh, two days ago, that's when those um, pre-orders started for the Walmart exclusives. Now, were you able to get your hands on any of those? I did. I, I nabbed uh, two of them. I have the Ahsoka coming and the Maul DeLorean. Nice. So I got lucky. And then I know like, see, it's really weird. And I can, this is kind of a complaint that I saw echoed uh, again, shouting out yak face. When is it an exclusive partnership like this? And there's a, a launch time for pre-orders. We were told 10 Eastern on the 17th, the links for those orders went up a half an hour early without descriptions. The only thing that was on there was kind of like the, the, like not even the UPC number, but like a part number for, for the toy itself. And Yakface posted saying like the links are up and on one of their posts or like one of their, uh, on their website, you could click, you know, they were like, you know, here's the post for each individual fixture, uh, uh, figure by number. And so I ordered mine about 20 minutes before quote unquote official launch, but I was looking afterwards too, and they didn't change the pictures on the website for a while. It still had, you know, just the blank Hasbro tag on it and stuff. Um, And I know they showed that they were sold out right away and they kept on popping back up. It was a really, really weird ordering experience. I was checking it throughout the, over the next few hours uh, because I, you know, I'd seen some, some friends that were trying to get them and couldn't. And I was letting people know like, yo, they're up, they're up, you know, get, get what you can. So yeah, for my part, I got I have two of them coming, but they're coming a month apart. Um, one of them is a September release, and the other one's an October release. I forget, or maybe in October, November. Um, the Ahsoka one is coming out in November, and the Maul DeLorean that you got will be coming a month earlier in October. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird, and it was it was confusing when once I did the checkout because at first it said that my credit card didn't go through, mm-hmm. and I tried to use a second form of payment. And when I did that, it was like the order went through and I was like, well, wait a minute. Did I order two of them? So like I started checking my emails and of course the email just has, you know, that SKU number without a description. So I'm like, well, did I get it or not? So I'm like, I'm looking at my bank account. I'm looking at my credit card thing. And I'm like, so no, I, I got one of each, you know, I'm not one of those that buys multiples because I know that there's other people that want them. Um, yeah, it was a, just a really strange buying experience. Um, I'm not a big fan of Walmart anyway just whatever Walmart 
they can eat shit, but you know, I did buy toys from them. So that they got my money. So, but yeah, no, the, those are coming. Did, did you manage to snag a few or no? Oh, I did. And yeah, and I understand what you mean by not wanting to throw money at them, but when it comes to like buying on the secondary market, they had to be bought from Walmart anyways. So why pay more? That's kind of the way that I, you justified it to myself. You know, if I'm buying from eBay, the money still went to Walmart. So I might as well save myself 10 bucks. (laughs) True. But yeah, man, I did. And it was kind of a weird experience for me too. And, And it seems like everybody had a real weird experience. Um, I knew that they were coming out and I, you know, probably in the middle of the afternoon, I, I hopped on there. I'm like, did they, did they all sell out? No. Um, because I hadn't talked with Eden about it and Eden had to work that day and I had the day off. So I was like, I'll just wait until I can talk to Eden about it. By the time she got home, everything I wanted was sold out. Oh no. And I freaked out because I, I actually like screamed. <laughs> I was, I was really upset because, uh, I really wanted that mall DeLorean, the, the Mandalorian super commando. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been talking about that for God knows how long, like if they ever make that figure, we're going to be buying it day one. And so I just really felt like I fucked up, but then, so I started looking, I was like, well, are any of them available? Ahsoka was not available. The 332nd clone was not available. And I just happened to hit refresh. And then suddenly the mall DeLorean was available and it said, hurry up now. Only one remaining. Oh, what? I was like, what the f- is going on here? So I, I immediately bought it. I said, fuck it, man, pay the five ninety nine shipping and the tax, whatever. I, that's the one that we wanted. We, we decided that that's the one that we wanted. So good. That's all done. And then the 332nd clone trooper had the same thing. It said there's only one remaining. And I said, well, hold up. You just said this was out of stock. I would have already bought this by now. So I bought that one. And then when I hit checkout, it said, sorry, this item's all sold out. And I'm just like, what? What the hell is going on here? So then I'm just kind of like, okay, now I need to block out some time here because there's something fishy going on here. And it's just like you were saying, they were kind of rolling it out instead of just selling uh, a, a block amount of, you know, however many tens of thousands of units. I don't know how m- how many toys get made for us. I don't know. I'm just assuming. No, they they kind of spread it out across the day. That's that's how I was still able to get some. So I spent 30 to 45 minutes just sitting there hitting refresh <laughs> on the figures. And I managed to get my hands on the 332nd clone and the Ahsoka figure. Nice. Very good. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to put a little bit of work in. You know, work out, work out that clicking finger. No big deal. Um, so yeah, I got those three. Honestly, I couldn't care less about the loyalist figure. I mean, it's cool. I would have liked to have all of them, you know, side by side, you know, and to have that art because the box art is pretty cool the way that they designed it, but I'm going to be hanging them on the wall anyways. I'll I'll send you a picture of how I've got it like above the closet. It's pretty, pretty sweet little setup. So I was like, I don't need, I don't need that Mando. I've got, I've got, you know. Mando, Mando, we're cool. Yeah, I think the the Maldalorian and the Loyalist are both the same body sculpt from the um, Django Fett, just oh. re- just repainted. Obviously, the helmet is different on the Maldalorian. That's why they look a little they look a little thick with two C's. You know what I mean? Like they're a little they're a little chunky. So and and I um, GameStop just had a new. They have that gaming legends line that they put out. 
uh, that mm-hmm. are exclusive for them. And they had a new Django Fett from the Bounty Hunter game. And he's he's thick, man. They made him look real big. But I, I think it's part of the same sculpt just kind of repainted. But I just got the notification. So I got to go check my door because I think my Zuckus and my Forlam are here. So let me, let me go and run because I'm going to do a live unboxing. So one sec, Pete. I'll be right back. I'm coming back. 12 seconds later. So I'm back, y'all. And I got the box. Got my knife. Slicing it open. Snippy snip. It's not a bris. For all my Jewish friends. And, uh, see how we did. Oh, Pete. What is it? What is it? It is the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary for Lum and Zuckus on the mislabeled cards. And the it's in a black box. Both figures are in the same black box. Oh, and it's taped shut. But the box itself is pristine. It's got this sweet Bounty Hunters logo on it. I'm going to cut this open. I don't open a lot of Black Series stuff, but I, since I know that these are carded inside, I'm going to slice the tape. And uh, let me get these on you. I want you to hear this. That's the box opening. And uh, I know this is this is really good podcasting, like me talking about opening these things, and uh, you can't see. What do they call that? <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just me doing foley work. I'm like throwing bags around. Like, oh my god, yo, these are nice. Holy sh. Okay, I'm going to say them as we know them. The Forlom Black Series, labeled as Zuckus as it was originally, is mm. sweet, man. Holy shit. Look at the face on that. He is ugly as He's <laughs> blastered. Oh, my God, man. No, I'm going to get some pictures of these up pretty pretty soon. These cards are nice. Dude, I'm so glad that you lucked out on not getting any bent corners. Cause I've seen the pictures of people having some issues with their, with their shipping. Yeah. These are, these are nice. I don't, you know, I made the conscious choice to not buy the entire wave of 40th anniversary black series figures. I only have, I've got Lando, I think, um, snow speeder, Luke and R2D2 are the only ones that I have. And then when these went up on pre-order, I was like, you know what? I know it's kitsch and it's like, they're just fleecing us for money by repackaging Zuckus in a four-line package, but I don't care. These are cool. Y'all can eat shit if you don't like them. These are great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Nice. Live unboxing on Jam Train Machines. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get some pictures up of these uh, real soon. These are sweet, man. Hell yeah. But listen, we have more. We have other things to talk about than my inability to keep my wallet closed. Um, so why don't you, um, hit us with the first topic, Pete, what do you got for us? Well, I tell you what, let's just kind of go chronological today. The big bit of news that we got is the bad batch series announcement. Oh, the bad batch. They back and they're bad. So let's see. You talk first. I talk first, man. I know we got opinions. I know we both got opinions. Oh, we go first. You go first. 
Okay, so the announcement came out on um, this past Monday, and first and foremost, I want a huge shout out to Corey Van Dyke and uh, Noah Outlaw because they broke this story uh, a little over a month ago or a month or two ago saying that there was something coming that was going to be a sequel to Clone Wars. And uh, the announcement that I remember seeing I think it was they recorded a show with uh, the Imperial Senate podcast and it kind of broke then, but it kind of flew under the radar a little bit and it started building up steam. It was happening. Um, and then it was finally confirmed after a, <clears throat> a lot of naysayers came at them saying like, you know, where's this news? What's going on? It finally happened. So we're getting a bad, bad show. It's going to drop next year on Disney plus. And if I'm being honest, Pete, this is not a show at least on the surface that I'm really excited for. Not that I don't like these characters. Uh, I love these characters. They're great. They have their place in the show, but it's really hard for me to place these characters within the larger saga only because they are new. You know what I mean? Like we had time to build up Ahsoka and stuff like that from the beginning where we see their place in the saga. These characters, we've only known them since February. Um, or, well, you know, people who saw the animatics going back a couple of years ago are more familiar with them. I had never seen those before episode seven aired uh, or before season seven aired. But so these are fresh characters for me. Um, I I don't know how I feel about it. I'm excited because it's new Star Wars and I, I'm always going to be excited for new Star Wars. But my fear is that this is going to be like an adventure of the week type show. And from what. Corey and Noah are saying on their show, uh, Kessel Run Transmissions, things that they're hearing about it, it's kind of pushing me a little bit towards being a little bit more excited, but I'm still a little bit lukewarm on it. Uh, so what? what's your take? Okay, so I had a bit of an adventure with this, and I also... I. Yeah, props to them for for the story and that, but I, I try to stay away from leaks and rumors for the most part, so I haven't seen what they're saying, and I'll probably be staying away from anything that's coming out about it. But in the beginning, when it dropped, I said, meh. That was my first reaction. Yeah, same. I started to wonder a little bit about what's the art going to be like. And, um, you know, I, I should have just taken a closer look at the image. It's, it's totally like going to be Clone Wars. I, I can just kind of tell by the brush strokes and stuff, you know, the way that season seven looked. So I was like, okay, my, <laughs> and this was, this was kind of cold of me at the time. I said, how many times are they going to end that Clone Wars series? <laughs> that, that was the first thing that I said to Eden. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Hold up, hold up. I need to stop. And so I said, before I have a proper opinion of this, because I knew we were going to talk about it, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch that arc again in season seven. Man, I fell in love with it all over again um, mm-hmm. when I watched it. And I was like, okay, this is great. This is fantastic stuff. But then, then I started thinking to myself, what are they going to, what's the story? What, what is it going to be? Um, you know, yeah, Echo joins more Echo stuff. That's going to be cool. Uh, Wrecker, Tech, um, Hunter. And what was the other dude? Sharpshooter or some shit? I don't Crosshair. know. Crosshair. Crosshair. That's what it was. So then this is all entirely due to me just not paying attention as well. I didn't realize that it was going to be post the Clone War. So then once I realized that, then I got really interested, you know, because what's going to happen here is you've got 
the way that these clones are going to be dealing with Order 66, the stories that are going to come from that, there are some other questions that I wanted to know. You know, like, remember in, in the in the arc, Rex asked about, you know, who does Clone Force 99 report to? And Hunter said, that's a good question, sir. I can't say that I've got an answer. These are the kind of things that could, you know, promote some good storytelling as well. Because what if what if Order 66 worked a little bit different for them? Uh, what if they work for somebody that's a little bit darker than we would expect? You know, like there, there are questions that that aren't answered that I, once I sat and thought about it, I was like, OK, post Clone War, this could be pretty cool. Now I'm interested. This is new story. We're going into new territory, as it were. So yeah, I went from meh to scoff to I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm not like flipping out of my chair for it, you know, but yeah, it's new Star Wars. I want new Star Wars all the time. I'm ready for it. So that's yep. that's my my journey and my adventure with it. There, there's a lot of things that Corey and Nori have said, uh, Noah have said about things to expect in a show. I won't bring those up here since, you know, you want to stay away from leaks and, and that kind of speculation. But for my part, you know, I was kind of hoping that we would have gotten an announcement of whatever the rebels follow-up was going to be um, because mm-hmm. it was left open-ended, you know, rebels at rebel season four ended with more questions than answers. And the clone wars season seven had a finality to it. You know, we obviously know that there was going to be story afterwards because Rebels happens, because the original trilogy happens uh, chronologically. And it seemed like a fitting end to the story. Now, is this a Clone Wars show? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. This is afterwards. But again, if these characters, leaving the known speculation aside, if these characters are out on their own, you know, it does beg a lot of questions, you know, were they involved with Order 66? Uh, did they report to anybody? And maybe Hunter just didn't want to say so. What other characters could be involved? Um, uh, clones that maybe we don't know about. There was that one clone that was a farmer in episode or in season three or four um, who was married and had his own kids. You know, who's to say that there aren't, that these guys aren't looking for other clones to find out how they've lived or survived or managed after the clone wars. There's a lot of really intriguing questions, but again, is this the story that I wanted off the hop? No, not really. Kind of the same way that I felt about when solo, a star Wars story was announced. Same thing. Like, do I need this story? No, not necessarily, but I love that movie. Um, I'm I'm sure at the back end of this this series or however long this thing runs, I'm probably going to be all on board for it because I believe the team of writers that they have uh, or the creatives on this show, they're going to deliver. You know, for for you and I and uh, other people who liked Resistance, the head writer of this show is uh, Jennifer Corbett. She was the head writer, or she was a writer on Resistance. She also wrote um, NCIS on I think it was on CBS. You know, there's a lot we can mine from this. You know, there's a lot of years to explore in between episodes three and four, or even before episodes three and Rebels. So who knows what this show is going to give us? You know, there's a lot of clones out there that we can be reintroduced to afterwards. Um, 
You know, the idea of how does Rex find Gregor and Wolf is a huge question uh, Mm because they are like two random clones that, you know, they were not tied to each other really during the series a whole lot. So, you know, he did find them and, you know, they made a living for themselves um, during Rebels, uh, during the Rebels period. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm intrigued, but I'm not like super excited yet. I, this is one of those things that I'm sure once we get a little bit closer to it, I'm going to be more like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But for the, for right now, I'm a little mm, still kind of tepid on it and kind of little sidebar on the star Wars, YouTube, the kids channel, they do a thing called star Wars by the numbers. And I don't know if Pete, if you've ever watched any of these at all, but they did one, how many droids, did the Bad Batch destroy in their episodes? And do you want to take a guess at how many Clankas just the Bad Batch killed in those four episodes? Hmm. Just give me a roundabout number. Well, you got to take into account that that record did destroy three capital ships. So I'm going to say somewhere around... 8,000. Okay, well, you went to a place I wasn't expecting because they didn't take into account those capital ships. But all the ones that we see killed on screen or destroyed on screen, excluding those ships, do you want to venture a different number? Because they they didn't go that route. 400. (laughs) Boy, you're wrong. They had a tally. (laughs) 942 individual droids were destroyed by the Bad Batch. Oh, and damn it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I should have went with my gut. 942 droids in four episodes of uh, The Clone Wars. So are they a little <laughs> overpowered? Maybe. Was it entertaining? Hell yeah. Uh, especially that um, that opening ops in uh, the first episode where they're, they're in the canyon. And I think that was a clip they showed at Celebration last year where they had like the little, like the steel plating and like they're measuring trajectory and all of that stuff. And they take out a couple of hundred droids right there. It was really cool. But um, yeah, you know what? And again, I'm excited for it in that it's new Star Wars and I'll be more excited for it as we get a little bit closer to it. You know, there's some more specifics about the show. You know, Dave Filoni is executive producing uh, with uh, Athena Portillo, Brad Rao, Jennifer Corbett again. Uh, with Carrie Beck and Josh Rimes. Um, Carrie Beck uh, is a co-executive producer and Josh Rimes is producing. So a solid team, names that we're not completely unfamiliar with. Um, so yeah, when it when it hits, I'll be there for it. We have another year or so. If I had to venture a guess, I would probably say spring-ish of next year, only because of some things that are floating around as far as how long this has been in production. I'm not going to get into specifics with that. Um, because Pete, I know you don't want to know all the things. So, yeah, it's good to be surprised. It, yeah, but yeah, man, those are our opinions. And you know what? There's a lot of opinions going on out there, and our listeners did not leave us alone this time around. We've actually got a little bit of Goblin You must contact me. And we'll just go ahead and start with the emails that we got. They're all just bad batch. And then we've also got a Twitter poll that went out today and is now finalized. So we'll hit that last. But we're going to be starting off with Eden. 
she said, Hey guys, just popping in to say, I called it about the Bad Batch. Back when Peter and I did our reaction to the end of Clone Wars, I was pretty certain that if there would be a spin-off series, it would totally be about the Bad Batch. Go ahead and cue up that audio clip. I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about the series because I love those guys. I hope it's a mix of their past and how they all got together and their future missions with Echo as part of the team, too. Can't wait. Happy Star Wars Day, Eden. Okay. Now that's something we didn't really consider is like stuff in their past. Like how yeah, did they I, come together? I don't know if that's a route they're going to go. I mean, it's ripe for, for that kind of um, storytelling because we don't know much about their past. I, I hadn't really considered that. That's why Eden is the smartest person on this show. Oh yeah. Always has been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that's another way to look at it. And yeah, she totally called that too. Like, I, I remember that conversation. I think that was episode 66. I wasn't a part of the show yet, so. You I wouldn't have like been able to like smack it down then, right? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't say like, well, actually I said it first because I didn't jump out until 67. So Eden, you're in the clear. But next time it's going to be me, the one that calls some shit first and throwing it in Pete's face. So anyway, continue. You know what's embarrassing is I vividly remember saying, uh, I don't know. I doubt that'll ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Moving along, we've got an email from our buddy Johnny Orm from the Life Debt Podcast. Here's Johnny. He says, Hey, Pete, Rick, and Eden. Hope you're all doing well. First off, a bit late to the party, but welcome to the family, Rick. But just remember who has the gonk record around here. So yeah, the Bad Batch. I'm pretty lukewarm on this one, to be honest. Whilst I enjoyed their introduction in Clone Wars, I really can't see a series based on them being anything more than an A-team in the galaxy far, far away. Which sounds fun and all, but unless there's a solid story underneath the mission of the week... I really don't know if it will last beyond a season or two. Of course, that could very well be the plan, much like Resistance was always meant to be two seasons. On the plus side, more Star Wars content. I will of course be watching it, and I'm sure I will enjoy it. After all, Filoni has a hand in, and he's not steered us wrong yet. I would have preferred an announcement on the rumored Ahsoka Sabine Rex on the hunt for Ezra. (laughs) Cue the music, Pete series i can do that <laughs> you know what it's about they're looking for Ezra. and i'm sure many others have much more of an emotional interest in the continuation of the cliffhanger from the end of rebels over the bad batch have a great show guys as always i'm looking forward to listening and thanks for the double whammy last week cheers johnny well as rick said surprise motherfucker <laughs> Rue dies, yeah, motherfucker. Small fries, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of fun. Like I had some extra time. We we recorded uh, two episodes last week, so we just said, "Fuck it, man. Let's just go ahead and put them out." So let's hit the hit the the top. He said, "Just remember who has the gonk record around here." I'm pretty sure it's Alice from the Force Toes podcast. Yeah, I was ready to throw that at him. Hey, listen, Johnny. Johnny, you're not going to beat Alice. But here's the thing. I'm on the show every week now. 
So I can fuck up all your numbers every single damn time I'm on this show talking all the shit that I do with all of these motherfuckers that are going to listen. So this gong droid is going to hate me so fucking much by the time my run is done on this stupid fucking show that he's going to overload his circuits and all his shit's going to fall out of his fucking ears and he's going to be so mad at you for putting out your bullshit challenge to me about who's got the record on the motherfucking gongs. So, I know I didn't pass it right there. Johnny, I love you. You're good people. Boy, that gonk, he's, he's already got smoke coming out of his damn ears right now. He's like, damn it, Rick, why? I thought I liked you. You're new here. You're not working me like these cats. Here's what you're going to have to do, Johnny. You're just going to have to start gonking in the emails. That's, this is the way. This is the only way. This is the way. So, yeah, he's kind of similar to, to what you were feeling about uh, yeah, the Clone Wars. To, to your point, to your point, Johnny. First of all, thank you for welcoming me into the uh, JT fam. Um, I, I feel like I found my place here. Pete and I are, are good buddies, and and it's been a lot of fun this this last month or so that we've been recording. And I'm I'm really happy to know that um, there are some people who are listening that are enjoying it just as much as I I am being a part of it. Um, so thank you. I am sincerely humbled by people listening and and giving you know good criticisms and feedback and stuff. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. I love all of you, but to what you had to say about the show. Yeah. We're simpatico homie. Like we're like, we're right there. Um, I, I feel kind of the same way that I don't know how much, uh, distance you're going to get out of these characters to run a show. If, if they have a solid plan for a season or two, great. If this is like a placeholder animated show until the next thing comes along. Cool. But there are still rumors of that rebels sequel show coming that you know that that are in the uh in in the pipeline so you know this seems like one of those things that might have been announced at celebration this year if we were having it Uh, maybe both of them concurrently but just one was happening first because of production but uh i feel you johnny like we're we're pretty closely um aligned with how we feel about this show i'm ready for all of it but i just don't know if i'm super excited for it so, um, and stop challenging me, man. I'm new here. This is my fourth, fifth day over the last month. I barely come to work. So I like how he brought out that it's going to be kind of like an A team in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, that's kind of the vibe that I got. Um, the first time I saw that arc in the Clone Wars season seven. And, um, uh, when I saw my brother, I kind of threw that in his direction too. Um, I said, Hey man, it's going to be like a team. You know, and he said, yeah, well, he, he doesn't cuss as much as I do. He was just like, heck yeah. <laughs> and uh, he loves the A-team. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think that there's going to be something for everybody, just in the same way that that's just how it is for Star Wars all, all the time. You know, these characters probably really resonated with the kids that were watching it, you know? Yeah. And, but see, th- th- and this is one of those things that, that I, talk about a lot when when we as fans talk about star wars is if these show especially the animated shows are meant to kind of pull in or in some cases become an entry point <clears throat> for younger audiences we as adults think about the adult themes of storytelling and i've heard a lot of talk about the ptsd of these characters having been involved with the clone wars in the first place how do you adapt to real life afterwards you know, this is a story that's very common 
especially when we consider the real world, um, the, you know, soldiers come home from Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever they're deployed. How do they adjust to a real uh, life afterwards? And I don't know how much of a Star Wars animated show they're going to dive into that. I think there is some aspect of that storytelling that should be told to maybe show the detriment of warfare. You know, we go back to Empire Strikes Back when Yoda says, wars not make one great. Um, you know, that that idea is already planted in the idea in, in the in the minds of Star Wars fans, even younger ones. But how much do they want to go into that? You know, we saw Anakin suffer nightmares about what could be um, in Attack of the Clones. And uh, he talked about a Revenge of the Sith also. But how much is this show going to rest on that kind of realism? Because all, I, I think that would be some fantastic storytelling if we got that kind of stuff. But I don't think the animated realm of Star Wars is going to go that route. So what do you think? I think that that stuff has, it's important to hit that, those realistic topics. I think kids do need to hear that stuff as well. But specifically with this show, The Bad Batch, Clone Force 99 is more like superheroes, super soldiers and stuff like that. So I don't know as if they have to necessarily worry about realism too much because these are very unrealistic soldiers to begin with. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. But that's still, the only uh, the, the only other side I have to say. Yeah, but I mean, if they come in contact with, say, a Rex or a Cody, how do their experiences translate? Because if the Bad Batch characters of Clone Force ninety nine themselves are somehow exempt from the larger clone storyline, say they didn't have chips, you know what? What does that say for the characters that we do know? You know, so. It has to. I I, I feel like it kind of has to be addressed a little bit, but you know, I, th- those are the storytellers. I, I'm not the one telling the story. As as Real Farm Boy says, you know, like, you tell me the story, and I'll I'll judge it based on its own merit. Just give me the story. If it works, and I think these people are creative enough to throw in that kind of realism in a way that is understandable, where it's not overbearing, um, then fine. But. Again, we'll see. I, I just don't know how much I want that A-team in space kind of thing to happen because these characters are very almost stereotypical of their ability. You know, I don't I just I, I don't know, you know, Wrecker playing for laughs and stuff. I, I, just, I don't I don't know how that's all going to work out. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm optimistic, but I I don't know what to expect yet based on the what. 80 minutes of storytelling we've had with these, you know, four or five characters, uh, excluding Echo because he's been around for a lot longer, but I mean, give it to me, but I just, I don't know how I feel about it right now. To go back to what you were saying about the chips, it also kind of showed me the flip side to what I was saying as well. Uh, because you know what, at the end of the day, even though these guys are super soldiers, if they had the chips in there, they wouldn't have to necessarily look down on the regs anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because they're brought down to their level. They're no longer looking down on these guys. It's it's because, you know what, at the end of the day, we all got the chips in our head and that kind of, that's where that realism could come in because now they have something to deal with that they never had to deal with before. 
I mean, they could be the coping mechanism for clones that had the chip. You know, there's all different kinds of ways that the story can go. They can say like, well, we didn't, we never, we didn't know that. We don't, Order 66, what the hell was that? You know, maybe they could be in a weird way and a kind of a flip on its head, kind of a, a twist on those characters. Like they could be the counselors essentially for clones that went through those experiences. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of ways the shows can go, the, the show can go. And I'm on board for it. It's one of those things that the more the more I think about it and the more I talk about it, it becomes that much more exciting because the story becomes that much more expansive. Like it could be so many things. I just worry about how potentially narrow the story also could be. You know, I I don't want an adventure of the week you know, we need to fight to survive, you know, storytelling. There needs to be some kind of through line that makes its relevance known towards the rest of the saga somehow. And, you know, they don't have to like meet a baby Luke or Leia or anything like that, but just they have to make their their presence felt in a way that if there's a sacrifice or something, you know, I, I don't know how much I want to get into that kind of speculation, but there needs to be something that solidifies their place and makes them feel relevant and i based on what we've seen in those four episodes from season seven of clone wars i'm not getting that from them not yet right on man and your opinions have really opened my eyes a little bit too to all the things that i thought that it could have been um i don't know the more that we talk about it the more excited i am for all the possibilities and we could sit here and speculate all day long and at the end of the day we don't know a damn thing <laughs> so no, we're not gonna know till we see it what's really interesting is that um everybody's pretty divided on it too uh we threw out a twitter poll about six hours before we recorded and it got 50 votes uh, more than i expected to get in just a few hours the questions were are you excited about the Bad Batch news? Are you disappointed? Would you rather have gotten something else? Because those were all the things that I heard on Twitter. Um, all those different opinions. And the winner was meh, but I'll take it. <laughs> but man, this was close. This was really close. This was 44% of the vote. 42% of the vote went to very excited. I was very surprised by that. You know what? That's that's about what I've been hearing about this show. There was also the 14% who said they were disappointed by this news in general. So what that maybe that means that, you know, they wanted something else or they just don't want any of these characters at all. There, you know, there's a couple of ways we can interpret that. But uh, yeah, the fact that the very excited and the uh, meh, were as close as they were is a little bit surprising. Did you, did you vote in this yourself? I, I have to ask. No, um, I would have voted meh, but I'll take it. Okay. I voted in it and I, I, I went the meh route. Yeah. I'm somewhere in between that and excited. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll always take new star Wars, but yeah, yeah. I don't have a personal Twitter, so I couldn't, I couldn't vote. Well, you could have told me and I, and I would have voted twice for you so this is how democracy dies <laughs> in the in the state of illinois where political corruption is a it's on the <laughs> flag <laughs> awesome so we've got some more excerpts that have come out this week 
um, in the shape of Poe Dameron and Freefall and the Star Wars Stories of Light and Dark. Let's go ahead and hit this Poe Dameron Freefall first. Uh, if you guys want to read this, you can hit pause and go into the show notes and find the link, or you can just go into your Star Wars app or StarWars.com. The Poe Dameron Freefall exclusive excerpt is there. So, how about you, Rick? You go first on this one. What do you? What did you think about this thing? And do you kind of do we want to talk about what happened? Uh, we can get a little bit into all of that stuff. Um, there was an excerpt that came out a few weeks ago that I think was essentially the first chapter of the book. Um, I have not read that one. So I don't know exactly where this excerpt lies as far as if it's a part of that or if it's something completely different, but it definitely happened before this one. Okay. So let's just first and foremost say that this book is uh, being written or was written by Alex uh, Segura. It's coming out August 4th. Pre-orders are, are up. That's only a few weeks from now. Uh, this is a young adult or like a middle grade reader. I forget which one it is. I got to say, before we even get into what this story is, when it, when we're going to get serious just for a second, when the line popped up that Poe was a spice runner in The Rise of Skywalker, I like The Rise of Skywalker just as it is. I'm not one of those. I'm not a person who decries a lot of things about it, the Palpatine stuff, the Ray Skywalker, whatever. There's a lot of discourse about that. As a matter of representation, just kind of like spur of the moment, you get the one light brown dude is a spice runner in Star Wars. Like you basically, it's like this dude was selling, you know, marijuana out of his trunk. You know, that's, that was that line to me. And I was like, wait, why is what you made, you made the Hispanic dude a drug dealer, essentially. Like, I kind of wasn't okay with that. Um, but there's also the part of me that says, there's a story around her. Let's find out what that is. Um, I didn't like it initially. And I'm anxious to see what this story is, especially knowing the writer and seeing kind of what his voice is like, especially, you know, in places like on Twitter and stuff where, where the things that he's championing and stuff. Like that. So Alex, I'm 100% behind you. I'm down with this story. Um, there's some little bits in here in, in this excerpt that are smart. You know, we, we can talk about the individual characters and where this story takes place. So I don't know, Pete, do you know Poe's family's backstory at all? I know that his father is named Kez. I know that uh, his mother is named Shara Bay and that she was an A-wing pilot. And I know that they fought in the Battle of Endor. I know that they lived, or I guess were at least stationed slash lived on Yavin 4. Um, I, basically, what I know of them came from Shattered Empire and little little excerpts here and there, little mentions that have come up in the canon since then. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were familiar with a lot of, especially the Shattered Empire stuff, because at the end of that story, we find that Luke took a force tree back to Yavin four that was, he planted essentially outside of the Dameron home that, uh, that Paul grew up at. So, um, does that explain his piloting skills? Maybe there's some force <laughs> attunement there. I mean, I'm not saying he's force sensitive, you know, if, if we talk about the, um, democratization of the force, it is possible. 
Um, there's been no clear explanation one way or the other. But yeah, no, this, this excerpt uh, talks about Poe being familiar with the A-Wing, Charbet's A-Wing, or at least a an A-Wing. And I think there's some talk about the A-Wing uh, piloting too in the in the the Poe Dameron comic book that uh, Chucky Soul wrote uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that's what the uh, the previous excerpt was about. Okay, yeah, I I did not read the other one. Yeah. So sorry to spoil that, but that's pretty much all it was. Was just uh, you ruined the whole damn thing. He was flying the A wing, and then he <laughs> sold lots of drugs. In the end, I mean, we don't even need to buy the book now. Fucking burn it all. <laughs> <laughs> So, but we have, we have a crew to put in a crew together. Um, well, I mean, we know Zori, we knew that Zori was going to be in the story, but she's, um, she's not Zori bliss guys and gals. She is Zori win in this book, which is interesting. And, and yet is very interesting. Did she give herself an alias? She was on the run. She got, you know, mixed up with the bad crowd you know, hanging out with all the Hispanics, like Poe Dameron as a white girl. She was just like, Oh man, I got to my name. I, I got Brown friends. My family would never approve. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Don't send all, you know, whatever, whatever. If, if that made you mad, each anyway. Um, yeah, no. So she's Zori Wynn at this point in the story. This is obviously before, uh, the sequel trilogy, they're much younger, probably in their teens, maybe 20-ish, I would, if I had to venture, I guess. Uh, we also have um, Marinda Gan and Gentry, or Gentry, there is no pronunciation, there's no audio thing for this, and uh, a character named Vig- Vigilch, or Vigilts. it's a really weird name to pronounce. Uh, damn, I messed that up, pronounce. <laughs> uh, they are essentially leaving uh Yavin 4 in the excerpt. Yeah, they're um basically Poe obviously has somehow found these people as his escape. And uh he's somehow joined up with this crew. And I believe yeah it's right here. The the name of the ship is called the Ragged Claw. And he's kind of comparing not being familiar with an A-wing to flying this new ship. He's like, well you know this is completely different. This is like uh, I'm in someone else's house and being asked to make dinner without knowing where all the ingredients are, but he knows how to cook. That's kind of what, what he was uh, comparing flying this ship to. So what happens is uh, they, f- they run into the NRSB, which is the new Republic security bureau. And they're trying to get off. And it basically comes down to Poe being an excellent pilot on something that he doesn't know how to fly. He's basically flying this, this damn freighter. Like it's an X wing in a way. Uh, at least that's kind of what it, it kind of sounded like. Um, but basically the NRSB is basically trying to stop them from getting off of here because like, obviously you guys are breaking the law and Poe comes up with this idea to make it seem like he is not really a stowaway, but he has been kidnapped because everybody knows who Cass Dameron is, you know? And so he's just like, go ahead and tell him that um, you won't let me go. Uh, you'll kill me if they don't let us go. Cause they run into this really big, what, what, what was it? A hammerhead class ship? Yeah. It was a hammerhead Corvette. 
and they're telling them, we know who's on board, so just hand them over. And uh, Poe even says, you know, that this is a, he's gotten himself in so deep that his famous father couldn't even help him. Poe seems to have lived a pretty decent life up to this point and uh, got, got into a bad way. So the offer is made to drop Poe off somewhere in the Sawaya system. And I do not remember having heard the Sawaya system anywhere in Star Wars history. If this is like a new place, I maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. And the um, the voices on the Yavin 4 are saying, but there's 11 inhabitable you know, planets in that system. And they're like, well, you know, Zori says, basically take it or leave it. Like we can do that, or we ain't gonna do nothing, and you can shoot us out of the sky, knowing who's here. And um, they allow them to leave, and it seems like Poe came up with this idea to uh, fake his own kidnapping so that he can get off of Yavin Four. For what reason, I don't know specifically, because I did not read that other excerpt. I don't know if it's, it, it's explained in there or not, but. Um, I don't know. We only have a couple more weeks to uh, to wait before this comes out, so I'm looking forward to it. I want to know how they're going to twist it, and I'm I'm saying this with like, mm-hmm, kind of attitude. Like, I want to know what the fuck they're going to do with this dude because, like, you can't tell me he just all of a sudden turned into a drug dealer without giving me at least some kind of explanation. So you need to, uh, Alex Segura, you had it. I hope this is good because if it just turns into some kind of story that uh, is either rehashed or some kind of trope, like I don't know if I'm going to be down for it and I'm not going to hide my feelings that if, if if I'm not down with it either. So I want it to be a good story. I love Paul Dameron. I love Oscar Isaac as an actor, other things he's been in. Like I don't want him to be, to be reduced to this kind of character in this galaxy. So I really hope this book delivers. So basically what I'm kind of getting out of this um, are some vibes. Well, it's right there in, in, in the second paragraph of this article that this book is set a few years after his mother passed away. So he's troubled and he's running away from home. It's possible that the spice runner is the only way for him to get off. You know, all eyes are on the son of Kes Dameron and Shara Bay. These are heroes of the rebellion. So I don't think it necessarily, it's, it's very apparent inside of this um, excerpt that he doesn't care about spice. He doesn't want to sell spice. He just wants to get off and get away. And he even kind of goes as far as once he puts them, puts the ship in um, six o'clock formation to go ahead and shoot these guys, but don't shoot to kill. You know what I mean? So I think there's just, it, they even talk a little bit about his moral dilemma in, in this. Like uh, he knows that what he's doing now is bad. He doesn't want to be doing this, but you know, he's come too far now. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously he doesn't want to sell the stuff. I, I don't know. It, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to learn. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this one and I definitely understand the concerns that you have with it though. Yeah, I mean, who, and who's to say he's actually not running Spice? I mean, it could just be one of these that this crew is running Spice and he's locked in with them for whatever reason. Again, there's a way to tell the story that might alleviate some of those kind of like, 
all right, cool. Yeah, no, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, I get that. But when we just had like one single unexplained line of like, yo, you sold drugs? Like, yeah. That's why when, when this book was announced, I was like, yeah, give me the story because I hope to God it's not what I think it could be. So mm-hmm. don't paint us into that corner. And obviously, you know, knowing who the author is a little bit, you know, I'm, my my expectations are 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 well enough that um, it's not going to be one of those. But th- that fear st- kind of still exists a little bit because that's not something that uh, this galaxy needs for it for its heroes. You know what I mean? Like we 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 all come from from dark places from you know in a, in our own past, but this is one of those that you can watch any movie made in the last 30, 40, 50 years and get this exact same story. So if it, if it's something that's a little bit more inventive and justified, then I'm going to be all on board for it and I will sing its praises. But if it falls short, I will let my opinions be known. So it's a very balanced point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And looking forward to that. It's uh, August 4th. We'll be finding out soon, man. Yeah. A couple of weeks. So that's not the only excerpt that we got. We got another one that I think is extremely exciting for you. So I'm going to let you introduce this one. So the second excerpt we got this week came from Polygon.com. It was wholly written by Mr. Tom Engelberger, my buddy Tommy. We're just going to fuck up everybody's names. Um, And as we had said uh, previously, that he was going to be writing a short story about Cad Bane uh, in the Clone Wars anthology book, Stories of Light and Dark, uh, which is going to be published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. That comes out at the end of August, uh, the uh, August 25th, which sadly would have been uh, the weekend prior to celebration this year. So um, for anybody who doesn't know Tom Engelberger, he wrote the Origami Yoda series. He wrote a retelling of return of the Jedi called beware the power of the dark side, which Isaac has and he's read and he loves. Uh, he also wrote uh, Chewbacca in the forest of fear, which is another Canon book. So you, there's some really cool witch lore in the forest of fear book. So anybody who hasn't read that, it's a very young reader book. It's super fast. Go seek it out. It's a lot of fun. So, Anybody who knows me well enough, regular listeners uh, to the show, you guys know my Twitter handle, Cad Bane's Bounty. Tom Engelberger himself back in January said basically that whoever he's writing about would matter to me with like the me, you part in like kind of quotations kind of led me to think that he was going to be writing Cad Bane from the hop. So what we have is a retelling of the story in the Clone Wars when Obi-Wan Kenobi becomes Reiko Hardin, uh, but the story is being told from Cad Bane's point of view. Not only are we getting Cad's ba- Cad Bane's point of view, but we are getting some really cool introspection into, or introspective of Cad Bane's character, uh, how he is looking at the other people that are being tested uh, in this space with. Uh, Moralo Eval and Count Dooku. So it starts off with a number of different uh, quote unquote bounty hunters are trying to get this team together. And if you remember the arc or the story from Clone Wars, you essentially know how this is going to go. But that story is told from 
Rico Hardin, Obi-Wan's point of view. Um, now, I don't know about you, Pete, but reading the excerpt from Polygon, that whole thing, even the more narrative bits, that was all Cad Bane's voice to me. Right. So I don't know if you were getting that same vibe. It was like that same kind of, you know, gravelly, you know, Lee Van Cleef kind of thing that was going on. But like, and I said it last week too, uh, in episode 70, that this might be the story that I'm going to read first. And having mm-hmm. read this excerpt now twice, I'm excited for it because like I said, it, it's painting uh, Cad Bane into this, in this, um, not a reluctant leader, like he's an accepting kind of leader, but he's, you know, he's got one eye open on like, I'm going to be watching this motherfucker Rico Hardin. Like, I see you. So, but he's, but we know he's in it for the money. And we also see that he is thinking that leading this group is going to be a catalyst for him to earn more money later on. Like it's going to help his notoriety. Yeah. And, and this was a, a fun read and I'll put it to you this way, man. Like you, you were saying like how you got to read it in Cad Bane's voice and that's exactly what I do. That's how I imagine it. And I read it slow because that's how Cad Bane speaks. You know what I mean? It's the way it's written. The sentences can be two words because it's very conversational style. It's, it's similar to Hondo Onaka telling the story of the pirate's price. This is Cad Bane telling the story about meeting Hardeen and uh, was it Embo. Was that yeah, Embo and and the other guys? It's interesting. I know. I bet you like it a lot more than I do. I am so on board for this character. I don't know what it is about Cad Bane that grabbed me from the first time I saw him in Clone Wars. Like, I don't. It might be the same thing. Just like pure aesthetic why i like thrawn too i mean maybe i got something for the color blue with red eyes or some shit i don't know that like i would i did not grow up watching a lot of western movies but something about cad bane is just he's just cool like he just exudes this 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 kind of cool that you know he's got this um he's got that machismo he's got this um this swagger about him the way he wears his hat it's a perfect fit, he, which he even references in the story. Mm. You know, when he first, you know, or, or when he gets the hat, he sees a a, a Rodian wearing the hat, and he steals, and he says, "You know, it's a perfect fit." Cue soundbite. But you know, he's um, <laughs> something about his look. You know, he's got that duster, you know, Western jacket on, and every, just everything about him. He's like super slim. The way you know, he's got those the hoses coming out. It's something about the appearance of this character. It just was really appealing to me and knowing that we're going to get this story from told from his per- perspective is really intriguing for me. I mean, we, again, almost every story in this book is one, like we're going to know the outcome, but we're not going to know it from the perspective of the person telling the story uh, character wise. So I'm down for this. We're getting Embo. We're getting obviously Rico Hardeen. We're getting Moralo Eval. We're getting some Dooku talk of Sheev and the kidnapping. Um, there's a couple other names here. Thazi, where he says that uh, she owes me money. Six Tat, just some dude. I don't know who the fuck Six Tat is. Um, you got to help me with this name. Is it Duran? 
I don't know how to say this name, but it, it's, this character is a parwan. Apparently, they just blow up like big and fat. Like they just they're like uh, puffer fish almost. Where they not puffer pigs. Tommy <laughs> Lando stands out there. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, this is a story of them again. Like I said, putting this crew together um, and knowing that uh, Cad Bane is like uh, he's getting some head swell even about the idea of getting his team. Where he's like, this is going to take me places. But he's, you also see, too, that he's like he's got a little bit of honor in him, you know, where he's, you know, like, if, if you're going to kill this dude, you're going to do it like a man. Yeah. You start to see that, you know, he's recognizing Dooku running this whole thing and saying, like, okay, there's going to be a little bit of level playing ground between some of us because it has to be. Like, he sees Reiko Hardin as almost a threat because he takes out what seven different people in this test, like kind of bam, 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 and all, or I'm sorry, pew, 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 all, all in a row. And so it's, I, I'm interested to see how the rest of the story is going to go, knowing how the arc plays out and seeing what uh, Cad Bane's mindset is going to be throughout. So, and, and I'm really enjoying um, Tom Engelbert's writing, writing style uh, throughout this whole thing. So, Awesome, man. I think that Cad Bane is a really super awesome character. I don't know. The way that you described him is exactly the same way I feel about him. He's just, he exudes cool, like 100%. You cannot dislike this character, I think. Like, no matter all the awful things that he does, you can't sit there and think that's a badass right there. My honest feeling after I read this was it's cool. But I would be more excited if it were new Cad Bane instead of a retelling of stories that we already know. That was my Agreed. initial thought. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. So, but but you know what? That's that's where you fall into what we were talking about earlier with the Bad Batch. That's um, a lot of everyone's opinions and ours as well. They are influenced by our expectations, and so my expectation going into this story was. I wasn't going to like it as much because I wanted something different. So that's on me. Um, I'm excited about it because, and you've opened my eyes to this too. He is talking about things that we don't know. So there are new aspects to this. There are going to be, there's going to be history that we don't know that's buried in the exposition. And that's apparent already from this excerpt. Um, so yeah, I am looking forward to it more now after hearing you talk about it because I was kind of coming into this one lukewarm and I didn't, I didn't want to break your heart. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, you know, Duros as a species go all the way back to 1977. There's a couple of blue skin Duros in, um, Chalman's Cantina. Cantina. Yeah. So, you know, having this bounty hunter character that chronologically predates them. And again, the story that we got from him, and yes, he's very cliched Western trope, you know, the big hat and the coat and so, you know, the duster, like I said, um, but the, the, what they wrote for this character, you know, how he's been able to go toe for toe, wit for wit against some Jedi character in the same way that on the opposite end of like goofiness, you have like a Hondo Onaka who is also one of my favorite characters in the entire Star Wars saga. They're not simple characters. There's, there's a lot to them. And I'm really hoping to get a lot of that, um, 
internalization of what Cad Bane's like inner monologues are about and how he's watching Reiko Hardeen, like there's something about this dude, like what's going on. So um, I'm ready for this one. So, so Tommy Engelberger, buddy, my man, I'm ready for this one. You can just drop it in my DMS right now. I'll read it. I won't tell anybody just, I, I know you're a listener, you know, just, you know, just hit me up and uh, I'll read it. And then I'll, I'll let you know what I think ahead of time. Don't send it to me. I'm going to read it when it comes out. I've already got a big list. <laughs> <laughs> when does this one come out? This comes out August, I believe the 25th. So yeah, th- yeah, this was supposed to come out the week that uh, celebration was going to happen. August 25th. Awesome. You can hear me shuffling papers over here. Like some old school newsman talking, uh, whatever. I just imagine Gandalf like reading about the one ring, a pipe in one hand, a goblet of wine in the other, going through all the scrolls when I heard that. I'm going to have to use that stuff for whenever I make the jam transcription audio tag. There you go. I will, I will happily send you audio of me just throwing papers around like uh, James Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider-Man. The menace. <laughs> Good. I won't have to steal it off of YouTube like I do with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of other things that are coming out, by the time that we talk next week, the Dr. Afra audio drama will be coming out. I believe that is Tuesday? The Tuesday, 21st, yeah. 21st, right? 21st. Yeah. So I bet we'll be talking about that. I don't know. I- I'm going to be buying that probably day one, but I got to tell you something, man. I always, I used to have an audible subscription and I canceled it. Uh, cause there was just kind of a drought, you know what I mean? I just kept like stacking up these credits, um, for books and I ended up using them on other things, but I canceled it because I was like, you know, this isn't, you know, I'm wasting my money here, but now I'm back into it. I almost got my audible subscription once again, but I did a little bit of research this time because of the Dr. Afro audio drama, we spoke about how long it is, especially in comparison to the Dooku Jedi Lost drama. And that was only like an hour longer. And I, I used to use my Audible credits for that, but Audible costs $21 a month. So I did a little bit of research into how much is this Afro going to cost. And if you go to the Penguin Random House, it's listed at seventeen fifty. That's a fair price if you're just going to do the audio itself. We have Amazon Prime um, so our Audible price, I think it's only like fifteen or sixteen dollars a month. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm not exactly. Oh, sure. is that how that works? Okay. Yeah, I think it's a little bit cheaper if you have a Prime account. I again, I could be wrong. I haven't looked into it, but I think when I first started Audible, it was only I think fifteen or sixteen dollars a month. I, again, I could be wrong. I've been on Audible for a while too, so maybe it's changed since. So that's kind of what I was talking about too. I was like, man, they really just jacked it up six bucks a month, but no, it has to be connected to that. I don't know what I'm thinking. So that's why I started doing research. Audible has two instances of the drama as well. One is 2450 and another one's 1962. So, I mean, they don't even know what they're going to be selling it for, but guys just do a little shopping, shop around. My mama told me. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I just looked it up. My, uh, My membership is costing me uh, $15 a month. And I think that is partly to do with 
our prime membership that we have also. Awesome. So yeah, go ahead and buy that. Let us know if you guys are excited about it. We're probably going to be talking about it within the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. Um, also next week we got Dr. Afro number two, the comic book issue. And uh, yeah, we've run out of, of time today, so we're not going to be hitting the comics, but we're going to be hitting those up real soon. So let us know, guys. What are, what are you into? What are you reading? What are you most excited about? What are you listening to? Hit us up. So tell you what, man, we're going to go ahead and start closing out the show for today. Guys, if you want to enhance your interaction with the show beyond listening, you can find us on Twitter at JTComLink. That's how you can keep up with what the next show is going to be about, mostly, and uh, how to get your thoughts into us. Because we got a thing called Calling Chatter. And that's your segment. That's where you get to speak your mind via emails or voice recordings. You got to get those sent into Comlink, C O M L I N K, at jamtransmissions.com. And aim to get those in before Sundays, because that's when we usually record. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher. We can easily be found on Podbean and iTunes, or you can simply go to jamtransmissions.com. Now, Rick, how can people link up with you and your digital self? Folks, you can find me on Twitter at Cadbane's Bounty, uh, talking with all of our Star Wars friends about all of our Star Wars ideas and just... um, trying to be a positive force within the community in, in and of itself. So hit me up at Cad Bane's Bounty. Give me a follow. Give the show a follow. You know, if you guys are posting reviews of the show as well, let us know. Just, you know, a little screen grab or something. Send it our way. It's nice to hear, you know, that we have some listeners. And, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll pay it forward at some point as well. So anybody who does listen at this point, you know, we're episode 72, and only, what, six episodes together, you, uh, Pete and I. So thank you to everybody who is listening. Uh, we, we love you all. And, um, yeah, find us on the Twitter box, and uh, we'll chat. Well said, buddy. Well, it's been another fun Star Wars day, man, chatting about the Bad Batch announcement, hearing input from our friends out there. Shout out to Eden and Johnny for sending in that comlink chatter, and for everyone that participated and retweeted in that uh, Twitter poll as well. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, It was also cool to check out the excerpts from Clone Wars, Stories of Light and Dark, as well as Poe Dameron Freefall. Well, that's going to be it for Episode 72, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I say this to you, Rick, and to all of our friends and listeners out there, may the Force be with you. Always. When I became of age, my mother called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up now, pretty soon you'll take a bride. And then she said, just because you become a young man now, there's still some things that you don't understand now. Before you ask some girl for a hand now, keep your freedom for as long as you can now. My mama told me, you better shop around. Oh yeah, you better shop around.
I have spoken.